middle parts, feminism, butterfly clips, Furbies, Tamagotchis, girl power, and jelly sandals. With their powers combined. We are the podcast that knows every dance move to the Macarena and all of the ladies' names that Lou Bega was singing about in Mumbo number five. Welcome to the first episode of NSYNCED UP. Two girls. Just talking absolute garbage about millennial shit. Revelations of the Spice Girls generation. I'm Jess. I'm Hannah. And welcome. Yeah. We're super excited to have you listening to us because it's really cool to be a member of the Spice Girls generation in 2023. Absolutely. We have had so much nostalgic girly goodness just come to life over the last, well, like year, really. And also girl power. Yes. So much of it. So much girl power. (laughs) So the Spice Girls generation is a specific blend of millennial. We're the people who grew up before the internet was huge, but also got to be a part of that phenomenon. Yes. And we just took it in our grasp and ran with it. So Spice Girls were speaking to the millennials and you and I were both massive Spice Girls fans. Huge. Which Spice Girl were you? I was Ginger Spice, although as a really pale brunette. (laughs) Accurate. See, I was Sporty Spice, and I think it was just because I was the singer. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Even though they were all singers, but really. And I used to think that I could do the little Spanish rap that Jerry does in If You Can't Dance. Oh, my God. As a six-year-old. I used to always do the, I want a man, not a boy who thinks Uh, he can. Yes. I can't do it very well now. But our specific blend of millennial, I think we're the most special ones. Absolutely we are. (laughs) Because we were fully engulfed in the boy band culture, the girl band culture, and Especially after the Barbie movie has come out recently, I feel like that was marketed to us. Yeah, 100% it was marketed to us. I did, and I do remember saying to you, because we went and saw the Barbie movie together, for those who don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And just afterwards, I turned around and I said to Jess, there is no way anyone younger than us who was obsessed with brat stalls would be able to appreciate this movie more than us. Exactly. And I remember the most exciting toys I ever got was a Barbie horse trailer when yes. I was a kid. And truly, it was my most prized possession I owned. And Barbie was my whole world. And I don't think that my younger cousins, even the ones that are only a year younger than me, understood to the same level as what I did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's probably a toss-up between my little Barbie tent that I had and my little Kelly doll with the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) Had like a little duck on the top of it and you squeezed it and made bubbles. And I think it's kind of fun because more toys in the world are being bought by millennials than anything else. We're the generation that really live in our nostalgia and we put our money where our mouth is and our heart is and we patronize these things and we hoard all of our toys and we line up for Star Wars and whatever else. And this idea that we are now having our time in the sun and getting to celebrate women in a way that we've grown up through so many social changes in the world. Oh, yes. Big time. And we remember what it was like when we were kids when things like sexism were way more prevalent than they are now. They still exist now, obviously. But we've been able to see these changes and grasp them and adapt. And I don't think another generation has really had the same forward momentum as what we've had. Yeah, I do think that we'll probably see a bit of 
a shift in that as we progress forward. But I think certainly generations before us absolutely did not see it. Because I remember at school, if you were a girl and you were playing a sport like soccer or rugby, you were only allowed to play up until a certain age, under 16s if you were lucky, possibly even younger than that. And then you had to transition to something like netball. Or dancing. Or dancing. Exactly right. Which is a girl sport. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And when you see what our team is doing at the moment on the world stage of the Women's World Cup, but also even the Jamaican team who have, those women had to crowdfund to get here in Australia and they've performed better than the men's team ever has. Yes. And they've just been embraced. And I think the best thing about the FIFA Women's World Cup that we've seen is even if you're not into soccer slash football, people are just embracing it. Just it's got such a great energy around it at the moment. You can't help but watch regardless of whether or not your team's playing. It's so, And it's such a good game. We only recently this year became lifelong round ball fans. Absolutely. And sad to say it was a men's game that we watched, but we hey. Didn't, we didn't get free tickets to the women's round ball. That's, That's my right. <laughs> we got free tickets to the men's round ball. But we got really engulfed into the, I guess, the chaos of being at a football. My goodness gracious, if you think NRL fans are insane, you should go to a round ball. Soccer people are like next level because I feel like there is no other sport in the world where a maritime safety device is there's rules against taking one of those. They literally (laughs) had to keep announcing, please do not let off flares in the stadium. Flares. We were three hours inland. That's right. In a like rather tiny venue in comparison to these big stadiums on the coast. On the coast? (laughs) Where you should have a flip. (laughs) My gosh. So our particular blend of millennial, we feel like we have a nice perspective. We're also very similar kind of people, you and I. Oh, absolutely. We're almost the same. Almost. I like Lord of the Rings. You don't. I was about to say that's the only thing that we really do agree on. I'm like the next level of nerd to Jess. Yeah, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to what you were saying too about like the nostalgia that we hang on to, I think a lot of what plays into that is the fact that now we have adult money, Mm. whereas before we were reliant on our parents or other grown-ups in our lives to buy us, you know, the newest Barbie doll or the couple of the latest packs of Pokemon cards. But now we are grown up and we have our own money and we can just go and buy these things. I really love a little bit (laughs) earlier today because we've both been playing Pokemon Go. Hannah sent me a gift and I noticed that she had this really nice onesie that her avatar in the game was wearing and you spent Pokecoins. I did spend Pokecoins. I'd been saving up because I, as much as I don't, I'm not entirely against spending real life money on games and things like that because the way I see it it's how they can fund to keep moving these games forward but also Also, the developers put so much time that's right people deserve to be paid for their work that's right but at the same time I would have had to have spent almost ten dollars in real life money for that and I'm like no so I was going to Pokemon gyms and I was waiting and I was saving up my 50 coins until I got 400, until I could buy the Snorlax onesie. What I really love about this is that that is such a millennial 
we're going to keep saying the word millennial, so don't take a swig every time you hear that word. Or do. No, no, no. I have a responsible service of alcohol card and I want to keep it. Okay, okay that's fair enough. Do not do that. <laughs> um, but the idea of like you and I live in like the lay-by generation yes. and we had to save our pocket money and the idea of like sometimes you could want a Snorlax onesie and it just didn't exist in no. our day. No. I know that this is a virtual one, but... Oh, it's almost the real thing. But the new... No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a tangible one for you to wear, you dingus. <laughs> <laughs> if I close my eyes and just think about it really hard, it can, I can manifest that into real life. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that everything is so instantaneous and you can literally print whatever you want on a shirt. You can get things made. You can tailor make anything now. Whereas you and I grew up in a time where sometimes you just got given the word no because it did not exist. Yes, yes. And we're at such a fun area of our lives. So we've decided to do a little podcast about that. Just our hot takes on things happening around in the world. Bloody oath, because we have so many hot takes. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Put on your other mitts, baby girls and baby boys. Let's do it. So we went and saw the Barbie movie a couple of weeks. I cannot stop thinking about the Barbie movie. I know. And I really wasn't expecting, like I was walking into that movie, I thought, cool, it's going to be a fluffy, really pink, fun piece and I'm going to get hit with all the nostalgia and Easter eggs. And I was fine with it being that. I was planning on walking out of it being like, oh, because when I heard about a Barbie movie, I was like, I grew up with the Barbie movies and they were fun for a little girl, but they weren't great. And I had every intention of walking out being like, it was a Barbie movie. What do you expect? Like, it was fun. It doesn't have to break new ground. Holy shit. It gave me an existential crisis. I know. Here I was being like, oh, my God, I get to perv all over Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie because let's face it, as we've gotten older, the little inner bisexual has awoken in me. (laughs) (laughs) Can we do on an episode who your awakening was? Or we, we, oh, look, I'd, I'd have to go back a little bit. I've no, no, de- no, no, no. We, we, we'll, we'll hold on to this on, yes. on a later date. Yes. Because I feel like, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, sexuality is a spectrum, man. Yeah. No one, yeah. no one lives in the binary anymore. But, you know, getting back on track, though. <laughs> but there were so many hot people in that movie. So many hot people Even in that Michael movie. Sarah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even Michael Sarah. Yes. Here I was, yep, okay, so we get to look at pretty people. I guess it'll be all pink and I guess it'll be really, really fun. But I wasn't expecting to be left bawling my eyes out. Also, do we want to talk about who literally sat in front of you in the Barbie movie? Because I feel like this is an experience only shared by me and maybe one other person in the entire world. So we're sitting there and we've found our seats. And because we went to a pre-screening and the whole cinema had been sold out, So we're sitting there and people are still filing in. And out of all the people who could have sat in front... We also didn't go watch it in our town. We drove an hour and a half to get there. To go and watch it, yes. So out of all the people who could have sat in front of me and this person could have also sat anywhere else in the cinema... (laughs) And it just so happened to be my gynecologist... Now, if that wasn't a complete full circle moment, <laughs> I don't know what and would be. And if you've seen the Barbie movie, you know why that's extra funny. 
I was completely dumbfounded by the end of it. So not only did that movie completely just knock it out of me because I had no idea how to feel afterwards, I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) I have had this real feeling over the last – and Hannah Ferguson from Cheek Media put it into words that I guess I I couldn't myself, which is, is this how men feel all the time? Because for so – like so many of my favourite movies – are like gangster things. Yep. So they're not written for a 32-year-old woman in mind. It's not really their cup of tea. And you watch stuff, you're like, oh, okay, well, like it's a fun movie, yeah. but it was it was by no way written with me in mind and my kind of people. Yep. Barbie was. And I remember being about three quarters of the way through it and feeling the same way I did when I watched Jojo Rabbit, which is like this is a perfect film. This yep. Everything that they have tried to achieve has hit it for me like they they didn't miss the mark in any way for me but I got out of it and I just got really sad because everything I watch is not written for women yeah I know like and it's really unfortunate too I haven't had that feeling since I watched Legally Blonde for the first time and it's wild to me that that movie was is how old yeah. It's been in my life for how long? Yeah, I know, right? And yet these are the two pinnacles of, like, films that were actually for me. And, like, God, could you imagine the life that we would have lived if we lived in Barbie land? I know. Oh, I want to live in a – no, I want to live in a dream house, not a Mojo Dojo Casa house. <laughs> but also being able to watch the women's rugby league at the moment, the women's soccer with the women's World Cup being in Australia. The WAFL, yes. AFLW, whatever way around that. Acronym goes. Waffle is a really good acronym, I think, but I think it's AFLW. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But also, the women just won the netball. The Australian Diamonds just won. Yes, absolutely. And hot take on this one. It actually, like, I know we're all about the Matildas right now, but I think the Diamonds deserve so much more screen time than what they're getting. I, I, it does make me a little bit sad. I absolutely agree with you, but I understand that it's because the Matildas are playing in Australia. Yes, like, and that's, that's it. That's where it's taking over. But also, they're, all of the Women's World Cup games for the FIFA Women's aren't being televised in Australia. No, well, that's and, right. And they should be because they're outselling. Like, they got more viewers in that Matildas game last week than the AFL and NRL Grand Finals did. And State of Origin in that too. Amazing, right? Yeah, fantastic. And I guess, too, another thing to consider with that as well is netball, as much as I loved it as a kid growing up, it's not on the same level that soccer is. Well, here's the thing. I got bullied by girls that played netball all through primary school and high school. So in my brain, I've always called it bitch ball. And I mean, I called it bitch ball and I played the bloody sport. (laughs) (laughs) But I just like I have such a negative connotation to it and I try and watch it a lot. But I just remember going to like gala days and stuff like that and just being treated very, very awfully. Anyway, um, I probably should book in with my psychologist so I can deal with these. But Mm, we got bigger fish to fry. Uh, we'll just watch a Barbie movie. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just That's all the therapy it. we need. <laughs> but it's really interesting because we were at um, an event a couple of weeks ago where a sports bar opened up in mm. town. And James Graham, who is a rugby league player, he now has his own podcast, was talking about how women's sport wasn't a thing. And so he talks to young ones in his family who say, you know, oh, well, why didn't, why didn't your sister play or anything? And it just wasn't available. I 
would have loved to have played rugby league as a kid and it just was not available for me. I, I was, was too much of a sook for that. <laughs> <laughs> just like, the thought of choosing to have someone run at you and just smash your face into the ground, it, it's not appealing to me. Yeah, look, I get it. I do. <laughs> I just wanted to be a part of the boys and because I've yes. got two big brothers and my dad used to play rugby league for Newtown um, SG ball years and years and years ago. It's been such a big part of my family and I just wanted to play rugby league. I wasn't interested. I ended up having to go do like dancing and things like that. Yep. But uh, I'm not a dancer. I'm, I'm barely anything at this point. But <laughs> James Graham was saying that to see how quickly in our generation from not having those spaces for us to play, we could you could have played soccer as a kid. Yeah. And I know that it is available for young girls and there were girls that did play soccer, but as you said, until a certain that age, was it. you had to just... Because I represented my school in year five and six. This is going back quite a while ago. But I, <laughs> I represented my school two years in a row in year six. I did play in the Western Carnival in front of state selectors. So that's pretty cool. But because it wasn't like my first sport of choice because I was very much in that netball bubble. Yeah. Um, but also, too, it was the sport my brother played. Yeah. So in my parents' eyes, like growing up, it was the girls' stuff and the boys' stuff. Yeah. So Do you remember that show, Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff? Oh, how good was that girl show? Stuff, boy Sorry, stuff. this is what our whole podcast is going to be. Don't forget the girl stuff, boy stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a little earworm <laughs> that came into my head. Tell me your story about the soccer. <laughs> yeah, so that was essentially it. Like I did play it, but... I'm actually probably, in hindsight, very thankful that I didn't fall in love with it because I would have only been able to play it for, like, another four years until yeah. I was forced out of it. Yep. It's like you were on a contract and it just yeah. was not going to get renewed yeah, at the end. exactly. So to see the fact that we now are selling out stadiums, we're breaking records because women, people want to watch the girls play. Yeah. I remember a few years ago at the Commonwealth Games, I went into work on a on Monday morning and everybody had watched the rugby, yeah. women's rugby, and they were like, it's the best game of rugby I've watched in five years. Dad used to referee rugby games. Yes. And he was like, those girls play better than the men's team yeah. at the moment. And rugby is kind of falling out of vogue with Australia. It's a bit hard to get behind um, in some parts. Mm. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm just not sure that union's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the idea that these women, everyone was so surprised about it. And I was like, well, they've they've tried their asses off for years. Exactly. It's nice now that we're getting our time in the sun. And we just get to, one, love women. Oh, yes. Amazing. But also everybody else is joining in and I'm loving the men. Our boss um, is has been on board this train forever. Him and yep. his wife have bought tickets to go see the, the girls the play. And they haven't really been picky about who they see either. They're just like, okay, what's a game in Sydney that we can get to? Bam. Well, actually it was. He specifically picked oh, the Jamaican team because he'd been following the fact that they weren't they had to crowdfund to get here. Also, people are starting to have conversations about the value of women's sport, which hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> How long did it take? I know. And in a way, like it's really hard to not feel a little bit bittersweet about it because you're like, Oh my god, why has it taken so long for this to happen? But we're here and it can only get bigger and better from here now. Exactly. And we just keep have, have to have these conversations that show the value of it. And I guess with the women's NRL as well as the women's soccer, 
We just have to keep supporting it. You Absolutely. Just, you just get behind it. You can't just get behind it in a World Cup because that's usually when I start following soccer is during the World Cup. All aboard the hype train. <laughs> Mate, I am the biggest bandwagoner you've ever met. Oh, me too. Like I just, I love a good bandwagon. I just love being able to scream and yell and get into arguments with people like an absolute yahoo. Yep. It is a good time. Another really cool thing that is part of our generation is Taylor Swift. Yeah, because she's one of us. She's so one of us. She's so one of us. And talking about nostalgic, my era just got announced yesterday <laughs> is coming oh, oh my to a goodness Taylor's me. version. I was trying to squeal before. I don't know what that's going to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I just made a noise. <laughs> um, so every single episode of this podcast, we are going to have a cup of tea. Yeah, cup of tea time. Cup of tea time. It's going to be a pretty big cup, knowing us. That's all right. We'll bring a whole pot. Do you know what I'm so excited about? What? So with the Eras tour in the US, she's gradually been adding more Speak Now songs into her set because she now owns Speak Now. Yes, And yes, people yes. get to hear Long Live oh. <laughs> in concert. I am and, deceased. And... <laughs> Oh, and they get to hear Taylor sing the lyrics, you are the best thing that's ever been mine, about that song. About that song. About yes. that song, which yes. I have been waiting for for years. But it's true now. And now we got 1989. And in 2024, at the end of February, we got tickets and we know that we won the lottery that day. Like I, yes. my luck, I can have bad luck for the next 10 years. I'm fine. We got F and Taylor Swift tickets. And we are very humble about this fact. Because we thought we weren't going to get them and I've never felt... I've had a pretty rough 12 months. As have I. Not to the level of you, but, like, we've been through it. <laughs> I, I hit rock bottom and then I found out that rock bottom had an older brother that didn't like the fact that I hit rock bottom and then it came after me. Yep. And feeling like I wasn't going to get Taylor Swift tickets was worse than that. <laughs> and when we were, like, so confident going in as well. I know. And if you want to check out the uh, absolute turmoil <laughs> that I went through, you can head over to my Instagram page. There is a highlight reel on there under eras, and you can see all of it. Yeah, I literally cried in Woolworths and I do not regret. And I have very quickly become known as the girl who was crying in the local newspaper over Taylor Swift tickets. At least you're not the person who outed herself as weeing with you. Yeah, but you put me in that though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in there by name. (laughs) (laughs) So when we saw Barbie... Um, immediately after I'd found out that I'd won an award for my other podcast that I do about a local lady here in Mudgee who lived here years and years and years ago. She was one of the first feminists in Australia. She opened the first women's refuge. She's a knockout dynamite gal. And I entered a podcast awards and I won. And I found out when we got out of the movies and, and we I wrote were weeing the- together side <laughs> by side. <laughs> and when the paper asked me about it, I just told them that. And then they asked me whether they could put it in the story. And I was like, sure, I'm just a relatable queen. <laughs> Why not? And not to mention the soundtrack to Legally Blonde was playing. It was such it a perfect, was perfect moment. Perfect day. Nothing standing in my way. Um, I don't mean to be just day and just singing through all of this, but I'm gonna. It's all right. I'm- it's really kind of fun to realize that 
you essentially found it. Like I, it's fun for me to find like my soulmate at yes. work. Yes, <laughs> a very unlikely pairing, that's for sure. From the moment I met Hannah, it was love at first sight. Because <laughs> she talked to me about Taylor Swift. And that's how you make friends with Jess. You just bring up Taylor Swift. Literally. But I am a <laughs> I am an opossum in my soul and you are a raccoon in yours. Absolutely, I am. So we're just two trash gals with our trash panda love that love the same trash. Yeah, we love trash. So our cup of tea, we're very excited. This is going to happen every single podcast. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift and hopefully um, you can join us with stuff like this. Yeah, if you see anything Taylor Swift related that you think we need to know, definitely let us know. But also anything millennial related because we saw an amazing video of Victoria Beckham a couple of weeks ago, which I think we're going to do an entire episode next episode on the Spice Girls, okay? I think so. Because that noise you just heard from Hannah. It sent me into a thing. (laughs) I, I really had no idea what year it was in that moment. Truly, I felt like a little piece of my heart just went... It was like the puzzle. Someone just put it in yep. there when yep. I watched it. Yeah. So we'll do an entire episode on the Spice Girls, I think, next week. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's do it. But in the meantime, you can follow me at Jedica on Instagram, Twitter, and, and threads. And you can find me at Erams on Instagram and threads and Erams with an underscore on Twitter because thanks, Elon. <laughs> and 16-year-old me that made Twitter and used Erams back then and Also, like, are we (laughs) calling Twitter Twitter still? Yes. Yeah, over my dead body. I just want MySpace to come back. Give me Bebo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going. Bye. Bye. (laughs)